in the darkest corners of the podcast dungeon, you have come across another goddamn horror podcast. With Graham Faye, Jonas Barnes, and Ryan. Welcome to another episode of another goddamn horror podcast. And you are hearing my voice right now because our esteemed leader, our third, Ryan, is not here today. He's, uh, he's off doing his comedy thing in Portland. He's trying to become Portland's funniest person, and we fucking think he is, regardless of whether this competition goes his way or not. But that's what he's doing tonight, so he's not going to be on the episode tonight. But you got you your two win. He fucking dude. He better. He better if he win doesn't, if he's this. <laughs> it's horse shit. If he doesn't, but you do listen. You guys got you guys got your two Brooklyn hosts here and a fantastic right. guest as well. Uh, so we're doing it all New York style today. That's what we're doing, and it's been a hot New York day. It's been fucking sweaty out. We always, dude. I know it's kind of funny because usually when Ryan's here, he's the contrast to the weather that we talk about because he's always like, yeah, we got a nice lawn, everything's good. It's like, dude, it's been yeah. Gross well, I, New York. I went out today and it was uh, I went out a few times uh, for various uh, chores, I guess. I don't know. Um, and uh, it was really nice, actually. The, it, if you walked in the shade, the wind was really nice. I don't wear sleeves, so that helps. Um, I, I thought today was great, but um, I, I sort of lost track of all that when I found out that uh, Elvira retweeted us today. Ooh, I was really, really fucking excited about that. And I'm pretty sure it's because on Sunday when I got dressed, I put on my Elvira shirt uh, sleeveless and Elvira socks. They're glittery. And uh, I I came out in the morning all dressed. And I said to my wife, uh, we're celebrating Elvira today. (laughs) And she can she can verify this. And uh, for no reason at all. You just woke uh, up deciding to celebrate Elvira. Well, mostly I found the shirt and the socks near each other, I think. And I was like, yeah, we're gold here. Um, and then two days later, she fucking retweets us. So listen, you know, if you manifested that, don't dude, give um, up on your dreams. If you manifested <laughs> that, that's great. Dude, it's honestly really impressive that Elvira can tweet at her age. <laughs> <laughs> she's that's, such a badass. Though. Dude, she's fucking awesome. That's our guest today, man. Uh, Dave Cyrus, how are you doing, man? Great. How you doing, Jonas? I'm fucking doing good, man. I'm a, I am happy to talk about horror. And Elvira, man, you got to give her credit where credit is due. She has been going strong in the horror game for so fucking long at this point and just keeps on, keeps on doing the Elvira thing, keeps on kicking ass. I respect that. I liked her movie. Yeah, yeah. she does. She does so much cool shit now. Well, she, I tweeted about the, the movie uh, all about evil that just came out on Shudder. It was filmed 10 years ago, but uh, and she doesn't play Elvira in the movie. But yeah, she's still doing stuff and killing it. Yeah, it's kind, yeah. it's kind of weird to walk in to that movie and see her playing just Cassandra Peterson, like just as a mom. Like <laughs> it was it was kind of like it's kind of a mind fuck. Just see her like walk into frame and be like, like, I know that's Elvira, but is that Elvira? Like, I'm not quite sure. <clears throat> so, uh, Dave, man, thank you for coming on to the show tonight. We're happy to have you. Oh, thank hey. you. No, this is cool. I want to talk about Hara. We are. Yes. We're going to nerd out on some horror tonight. 
Um, for anybody that doesn't know who you are, tell the uh, tell the listeners a little bit about you, who you are, what you do. Oh, for God's sake. I know. Uh, you got to well, you jerk yourself off on the I'm show. Co- I'm sorry. I'm a comic, uh, comedy writer. Uh, I've been do- doing stand-up further than most of my peers have been alive. And uh, I, I used to be a YouTube guy named Brick Stone, where I would ambush hate groups. That was really fun. I still plan on doing that again, except that I started doing tri- I started writing for Triumph for the last six years. And it's like it's impossible to do both because they it's the same exact writing and oh, the yeah. same events. So it's like anytime I would have done Thumbbrick Stone, I'm going to do it for money and on Colbert or Hulu right. for Triumph. <laughs> right. um, and then I worked at Saturday Night Live uh, where I where I, I well let's back up. I was a. I became sort of a writing partner with Pete Davidson before I was before I was working for SNL and I wrote for the Justin Bieber roast with him. And then I sort of got the SNL job because of that. And then I continued writing, uh, co-writing pretty much the the vast majority of Pete's update features uh, at SNL, Uh, wrote, co-wrote the movie King of Staten Island, wrote and produced the the Fox TV show. uh, Let's be real. It's a puppet show that was really awesome. Um, and that's probably everything. Oh, and I roast battle a lot. You do. Cool. You that's like so. We we have some adjacent friends, obviously through the comedy industry, and um, yeah. Like one thing that I do definitely know you from is your your roast joke writing prowess is uh, <laughs> is is quite well. You definitely know how to bust people's balls. Yeah, I, I like to. It was the same sort of thing as like when I did the the Westboro stuff. It's all just you know making fun of people in joke form i i like to think of myself as sort of a dexter of being a dick in that <laughs> i i only do it in appropriate times when uh the person deserves it i love yeah. it there's a surefire time where it's okay to make fun of people and i feel like when you're doing it that way yeah definitely and now honestly every now i only want to see triumph the insult comic dog at a westboro baptist church rally specifically i want you know, to see he actually that. you know he actually did do a westboro thing many many years ago that i think never aired <sighs> and i think both me and him independently tricked them into talking into dildos <laughs> amazing by, by pure coincidence that is amazing now to be fair <laughs> triumphs was like a, a a caucasian flesh-colored dildo mine was like black black because it was because I wanted because I actually really wanted to like trick them and make it so the from the angle they couldn't see it was a dildo as long as I kept it you know straight on for sure I even put a little mic screen on the end of it but then from the side <laughs> it was like a wiggling you know glistening dildo because I sprayed it with canola oil beautiful I love that you put a pop filter on a big black dick just to just for Westboro Baptist Church, like just for you guys. This is special for you. Well, I, I didn't want to put, put anything too big. What I did is I took like one of those little screens that you would put on on a sink faucet and I just put it on the tip of the dick <laughs> so that when they see it, it really looks like just an odd looking microphone. And people get really upset when they realize they've been talking to a penis for 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. The Westboro Baptist Church has always been my favorite thing to see people troll, especially when they get real shitty about a thing and then an entire biker rally shows up and they're like, all right, motherfucker, you want to talk? And they're just like, all yeah. right, you know, I think we're done protesting this funeral. This has been fun. 
It was really fun. Yeah, it was really great to do. You did it so much that uh, they like knew you, right? Oh, yeah. By the third one, they were like (laughs) announcing me. They're giving me stink. By the third one I did, I walk up and they just yelled. She yelled to her mom. It's Brick Stone. I'm like, hey, (laughs) look who knows who I am. Thanks for the intro. That was that's going to be perfect. Also, uh, I love the, the name Brick Stone. That's a that's a great on camera name it was also real also what was really really awesome was that when uh when the thing happened with kanye when he doxed me and like posted like saying like you know find this guy uh and like you know encouraging people to like you know uh harass me or whatever uh westbro tried to jump on that and it was like <laughs> oh thank you guys you cannot <laughs> do anything more perfect than aligning yourself with him right now especially because like they would they posted something about me and then Kanye was telling people to yell, find God at me. So people were yelling, find God on a post by Westboro. Oh my God. Me. <laughs> and of course that makes you a member of the Westboro Baptist church in case you weren't paying attention to what you just did. So that was, that was pretty hilarious. What a perfect hate storm. That's so good. Seriously. That's why you don't give mentally ill people access to their fucking Twitter accounts. Don't keep Kanye off social media, man. You got to fucking do it. Wasn't that his? You said now, I know we talked about this before the show was on. Didn't you say that, that was his last Instagram post was fucking find this guy and kill him? No, no, he didn't say kill him or anything like that. He just <laughs> uh, he, he just said, like, you know, I want to find this guy. I assume just to send me a STEM player. Um, uh, fair, fair. But uh, no, no, it was it was he wanted it, to sign you a sign. He wanted to send you a signed discography of his music. That's what it, it was. was. But I was part of like the wave of of posts that that uh, were the last things that he posted up until uh, as far as I know um, for months, because then he got suspended for a day, I think. But then he didn't come back on his own accord or whatever. Fair. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it was it was just like a. You know, like he just posted a few pictures of me and then uh, posted like, I want to find this guy's address. And then he posted like a few numbers of it to kind of. So like a ha- like thing. so like a half doxing, like just the tip as a treat. Yeah. Like a yeah like, well, you know, not <laughs> enough to be legally culpable. Fair. OK, that's fair. I see. I see. OK, there was a little smarts behind it. Then he was just like, listen, I'm only going to post half. You guys can do with it with with it what you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that like I don't know if it was like a detective or a lawyer that he was post that he was like that he posted the conversation of saying like get me find out where he lives. Yeah. You know, and and then the guy, almost every piece of information that he gave in the screenshot was wrong. Like he said, <laughs> I lived in Atlantic City. I've never lived in Atlantic City. He said, I've lived with roommates my whole life. I haven't had a roommate in seven years. And but I'm like, but also, I'm not going to correct these people. Like, I'm not going right. to make it easier to find me. Right. All I know just is that, whoever, that. Yeah. I just know that he has a detective or whatever who is not doing his job. Right. <laughs> I just I would love to see a bunch of people show up in Atlantic City and be like, where the fuck did you send us? This guy is not here. Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> We came and we we ended up showing up at a fucking Celine Dion concert. What's happening here? <clears throat> the last time Kanye West pissed me off was when I went to a movie. I was going to a movie over at Lincoln Center, the Lincoln uh, Lincoln Square AMC. And it was just when his gospel album came out. And he took an entire fucking bus and he parked it right in front of the movie theater and turned the album on so loud with a choir that you could hear it inside the theater over the sound system in the IMAX theater. 
and the whole theater got pissed we were like what the fuck is happening i don't even remember what movie it was at this point but we all left and we were like what the fuck is going on so like you have 150 people walking out of this imax theater going why is there a choir outside and it was kanye's fucking bus and all those people are like and i still don't know if the love guru was good (laughs) (laughs) it was not spoiler alert um so before the show, we actually asked you this. What was your last uh, horror movie that you saw? And you started to tell us something that we immediately put the kibosh on because I want to talk to talk to you about it on the show here. Yeah, no, I did another podcast uh, called uh, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Which, oh, that's uh, Kevin Goatee. And yeah. Ke- and uh, fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah. They contacted me about doing that. And I said, The Exorcist was the movie where it's like name a great movie that you think isn't good. And for me, it was The Exorcist. Because I remember watching the, it like in like 2001 or something when it had the reboot yeah. and in the theater. And I just remember being like, this is the greatest horror movie ever. <laughs> and I was and my whole thing about it, honestly, my whole a- a- angle on why it wasn't a good movie was as I'm watching this movie, I was like, wait a second. I think this movie is only scary to people who actually believe in the devil. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this, does this work on people who think this is nonsense? So, I think, um, personally, I think it's a really well done movie. I don't think it's scary at all. I don't think a lot of movies are scary, though. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, th- there's some pretty cool stuff in The Exorcist that still resonates. Like, I don't know. Her, her whole performance. What, what's, uh, Linda girl, Blair. Yeah, Linda Blair as Reagan is, is pretty intense. Like, just she her changes. I- I thought she was better in Repossessed, but I did think that, that she was for a kid, a very good actor. Yeah. So th- this is also the funny thing about The Exorcist, too, is if you break down a lot of the stuff that's in The Exorcist and isolated, it, it sounds hilarious. Like a little girl walked <laughs> down the stairs and pissed on the carpet like that was in a horror movie. All right. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that, you know, but like there's also things about The Exorcist that I think when you look back on it, because it's such a revered movie and everything like that, it's got all the lore attached to it. But like a lot of the camera tricks and stuff that they do in The Exorcist is kind of what made it a movie that stood out at that time. So the way they did jump scares, the way they did visual things without having a whole shitload of effects. But then you have like because most of the effects were in the exorcism scene itself. But then there's all the other scary shit like, you know, an apparition appearing behind, you know, behind the woman at the right time. And like just the directing of it was really well. But it does. It does. Yeah. Technically get overhyped. Like it does because it's a legendary movie. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, it's a it's a movie with great actors and great directing. But like, uh, you know, from a writing standpoint, there's a lot you can pick apart. And, you know, I'm not trying. I know that like it's been parodied so many times that it's hard to watch it and forget because, you know, it's not hacky. It's it originated this. But there's for me, it was more about logic stuff. It was like the fact that, number one, the movie clearly wanted to make the argument that exorcisms were a real thing because the movie was based on a book that was trying to argue that it, that an exorcism was real. So the movie is based on a book that's based on a real exorcism that was not real. Right. It was <laughs> a mentally ill child being tortured by the church. The church would never do that. Get out no. of here. <laughs> no, no, but if- I think we can agree, uh, given an exorcism that wasn't actually needed is the single worst thing the Catholic Church has ever done to a kid. Clearly, clearly. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's as far as they've gone. Yeah. Um, I would have picked uh, if I were on Gutting the Sacred Cow, uh, the, Sh- the Shining, uh, based purely on Jack Nicholson's performance. I just 
think it's really obnoxious. Well, the funny <laughs> thing about that is it is comical. It's considered a great classic. Yeah. But when it came out, critics didn't like it. Critics thought this was kind of it was Stephen King of, uh, hated it. Yeah, a lot of critics thought The Shining was just shitty. Yeah. They thought Jack, it was like a whatever movie. Jack Nicholson's performance in that, it does teeter between brilliant and hilarious because there are parts where if you can get behind it though i think the whole movie falls into place and works really well i couldn't and i like jack it has nothing it's just that character and him playing it just Just ruins it for me the (laughs) specific part in the movie that i always laugh at when it comes to jack nicholson's performance is in is when he's walking up the stairs and he's trying to get shelly duvall to put the bat down that is my favorite part for him being funny. I, agree. Yeah. I love that just, scene. It's hilarious yeah. because it's supposed to be terrifying, but it's like, no, you sound like a fucking clown. Like you <laughs> totally do. Yeah, no, no, I, I, it's a, I think it's an enjoyable movie, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's as good as people say necessarily, but yeah, I th- but I mean, I'm also not, I'm not really a big horror fan. I like horror movies that are good, that are good movies. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like I love Jaws, Halloween, uh, It Follows, It. Yeah. Uh, you know, the ones that are like legitimately good movies, not just like I can't just watch a slasher movie to relax. You sure. Know, I've never been into those. My little brother, when I was a little when I was a kid, me and my brother would go to the supermarket and rent VHS tapes uh, when we were little kids. And, you know, I would get bad comedies. And he would get slasher movies. when We were like 10, 11 years old. And I remember the, the only one time he got a movie I liked because he just wanted to get a slasher movie. And it was Evil Dead 2. Beautiful. And, oh, I, hell yeah. and, I, and I was like, this is different. This yeah. is, I remember like, this is special. Yeah. This is really this is really interesting. And I was like, this is a great movie. Well, when I reached when I reached out to you, that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because, you know, we we have guests from all over the spectrum of horror fandom. You know, we have people that are like legendary filmmakers. We have people that love every single drop of horror that comes out, you know, like that type of thing, too. But when I talked to you about it, when you because you told me when I reached out that you weren't like a horror super fan by any stretch of the imagination, which I think is actually cool because having that conversation with people that are not like into every aspect of horror kind of opens it up a little bit more, opens up the conversation a little bit more. Cause like the thing you said about exorcist, I'll tell you this right now, when I talk about exorcist, that's not the movie in the exorcist franchise that I would say is the best movie. I always really? think I always thought that exorcist three was a better film because it's, it's got the part of it that is, the exorcism part like it's got that part of like the religious aspect and it's got the possession aspect but that's not really what the movie is the movie is a terrifying um like crime film essentially and there's parts in it that brad dorf does his performance in that movie is bone chilling like he and it's all in the writing and in the face and in what he does and it's all like in his monologues. His monologues are absolutely scary as fuck. And to me, that's a lot scarier than the stuff that happens in the in the first movie. But you say that to a horror super fan and they look at you just like you just shit in their chest. They're just like, what did you do? Like, how did you say that? What part three is better? Yeah, I think it's a better. I think it's a scarier movie. I mean, the thing is, when I watched the extras for the first time, like I was both not afraid and bored. And it's like <laughs> yeah. a good movie, a good horror movie. You don't have to be afraid to enjoy it. 
Like, I'm not really afraid watching any of these movies. I don't really I'm not in it for the jump scares. I'm in it for right. like the suspense and you can have a you can really get into it and you can enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, it was like that was in the exorcist. It felt like like, yeah, if you're not getting scared, this movie kind of sucks. If you <laughs> you're think not this wrong. is silly, <clears throat> this movie doesn't work at all. Right. And the word and the worst about the exercise was also like you could have had a great movie about the question of whether or not this was in the child's head or not and or an exorcism. But the very first thing that happens that's even slightly supernatural, it's the bed bucking like a like, like a mechanical bullet saddle ranch that like there's no <laughs> question immediately that this is supernatural. So they, right. they kind of threw away the whole premise of like what of like what of letting the audience wonder whether or not it was yeah. yeah yeah i agree with that because in real life obviously there was nothing supernatural right well and that's also like graham graham is not a fan of the conjuring series and that's me neither yeah it conjuring series is very similar in that sense it's based well, off ex- bullshit it's based off exactly. charlatans. Yep. it's yeah. based off con artists <laughs> yeah and yeah. i'm i believe a pedophile is that yeah. a I could anti pedoph- pedoph- right? say that yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just so funny. It's a, it's a series of movies, and I believe there have been uh, 73 movies in that series, right? I believe 73 um, or at this point. Yeah, yeah. 70, yeah. 73 as of the last uh, uh, doll one. Yeah. Um, the Conjuring but, Extended Universe. <laughs> yes. And he, the movies are all basically the same movie. But yeah, it's always about like, it's just so funny. Be like in the movie, it's so much power. And the real thing was someone with a mental illness being stolen from by this couple who just went around the country being like, oh, yeah, I can feel it. And the biggest problem I have, like, if you take out the fact that they were con artists based on these terrible people, my problem with it is is that they turn them into superheroes and and, and the heroes of the whole thing. And the the church is the hero, too, which I'm very against the idea of that. But also, if you take all of that out, and watch it for just the movie. They make uh, what's the the, <clears throat> the main dude, Ed Warren. Yeah, Ed Warren. He they, he's this rogue exorcist guy. Like he, 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 they're not sure if, if if he's allowed to. Like you know, he's not allowed to because he's not a licensed exorcist. And, and so and so, but he's got to save this family. So he goes rogue and he does the exorcism <laughs> anyway. And then at the end of the fucking movie. Like the last thing is like, they're like, oh, yeah, the church called. They said you could do it anyway. So they just like retconned like all the cool rogueness that they were going for, I guess, the whole movie. And we're just like, yeah, no, the church is cool, too. They're making it a Catholic diehard movie. It. Yeah. Make, yeah and then like at, but then at the end of it, he was like, no, no. But like, also, I like Hans Gruber. Like, we're right. actually cool. <laughs> like, I'm so mad. You know, it's um when it comes to possession films, especially because The Exorcist is also one of those ones that's got it's got a reboot coming up. I don't know how that's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be the same. Like if they're if they do it like a shot for shot thing, it's going to suck balls. Oh my god, yeah. But if they do something and they do something cool with the property, like the thing that you just said, making it an exploration of you know the of the actual little girl and like the mental illness and like you know like really breaking stuff down, that could be very cool. But which, which, of course, at this point has been done in a lot of, you know, right. Indie, no budget horror movies. For sure. 100 percent. But then, then again, I mean, I would love uh, an exorcism movie where the villain is the exorcist who just because of his uh, scrupulosity just refuses to believe that this kid's just mentally ill. 
<laughs> that actually would be an amazing horror film. <laughs> like, if it was just a rogue exorcist that was like, listen, I know that you told me she has autism, but I'm telling you it's a demon. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, like I mean, locks them up and shit. Gotta a lot of children have died during exorcisms. A lot of exorcisms involve yeah. just beating children to death. Yeah. This is not an altruist. There's it has never been a positive for anyone. It is an excuse to beat up the crazy. That's really what it is. Like, and I like honestly, you know, there's probably times where it's like, listen, little girl broke her back during the exorcism. It's like, did she break her back? He's like, all right, listen, I might have broken her back during the exorcism, <laughs> but there was totally also a demon, I promise. Like, oh, it's, yeah. um, if there was any basis to this, you know for a fact that at some point an exorcist was like, oh, you're not going to believe this. Um, that little kid just twisted its own head right off. Uh, <laughs> I I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it. The second he left the room. Oh, man, it was. And it, it looked like it was really hard to do. And uh, that devil is a dick. Let me tell you <laughs> real strong devil inside that kid there. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> so you, you said you used your brother used to get the slashers and you used to get the comedies. Yeah. Um, so what, what what kind of comedies did you grow up on? I mean, this would have been like where, you know, it was before like the Internet. So I was just like, you're just judging it by the cover. Yeah. So yeah, sometime yeah. and see, so you would listen, you would like try to believe them. And like, so I remember sometimes I would get tricked by fake reviews that made you think you were watching a comedy. Like when I watched the movie Smoke. Oh, which, yeah. which is which Harvey yeah, decided to pitch itself as a comedy on the cover, but it wasn't because sometimes nope. they just do that because they just think that like, oh, it's it, this won't sell. Let's make it this way. But I mean, like, I remember seeing a lot of movies that like you could hear about on like, how did this get made now? Like, uh, oh, God, I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the name, but I remember there was this one movie about like, a, I think it was like Love Monster or something about like a guy who had a gypsy curse that turns him into a demon every time he gets horny. Like, I remember that but loving that movie. That sounds pretty great. That sounds like that movie Dan Cook did called Good Luck, Chuck. That's yeah, yeah, like. it's a little bit like that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember, you know, I, I would watch like, you know, like all the old Rodney Dangerfield movies. And oh, yeah. And uh, actually, I would get like uh, uh, even like Abbott and Costello stuff. And and nice. but it was a lot of like, you know, just like these random 80s comedies that like you never even saw. You never heard of. You never saw commercials for, you know, I mean, that's how I saw like, you know, the nerds movies and, uh, you know, all. And then you but like and then you found out that, oh, wait, there's also a, mo a movie called Dweebs. That's just, right. that's just nerds. With, that's just nerds with more sexual assault, according to the <laughs> to the cover. Uh, you know, like a lot of those kind of movies where you just like, I don't know what, how this guy. You, you would see like the trauma movies that way. You know, back when you still could. Oh, yeah. um, trauma movies were always fun to see on the VHS rack too, because you would see the cover of it and you'd be like, that movie looks fucking wild. Then you would take it home. It's like this movie was made for a dollar fifty. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember going to art school uh, as an illustrator and they would explain to us how like all these old horror and science fiction movies would be made for nothing, but they would not. But, but the one thing they would spend a lot of money on is the cover art. And because like as an illustrator, that's your job is to make this horrible movie look amazing with a cover because you can paint anything you want. So like it was you would always have like these unbelievably gorgeous monsters these beautifully painted oil painted monsters and then the movie it's a fucking refrigerator with a bunch of holes poked in it <laughs> yeah. 
they do that now too for sure like that's if you ever there's a streaming service that's called tubi and it's fucking tubi rules yeah i know tubi 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 has the biggest shit like when you go through the especially going through the horror ones they have every piece of shit horror movie that's ever been made and just like the covers always look fucking dope and then you turn on the movie and it's like that dude is wearing a t-shirt stuffed with hay like yeah. what is happening well, you know Tubi. Tubi is like that it's funny they, they really know how to spend their money because it's like you you go to Tubi and you're like oh okay this looks like just sort of a place where they just have like random you know free like movies and stuff but then they just produced fabulous freak brothers starring pete woody harrelson and john goodman who yeah. are not cheap no <laughs> not at all that's no, pretty crazy um it's wild i i loved tubi also has like a bunch of really great uh music documentaries like random cool ones and uh and like all the transformers and gi joe cartoons too so i, I love Tubi and the complete uh weird al oh that's great. awesome yeah to this day i will always like i as much as it sounds like i talk shit about tubi tubi is one of my favorite streaming services because it's you can so fucking good. find everything but also i do love the fact that they're unapologetic about just the dog shit horror movies that they put on it because you'll see movies that you have no idea even existed and it'll have some awesome cover or some awesome description like I saw a movie that was it's an English movie. It's an English horror film. The cover of it looks like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. And the name of it is very just not creative at all. It's called Cannibal Farm. And it's like, all right, this fucking totally sounds like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, too. But then when you see it, it's not. But it also has like kind of that vibe. And it ended up being a really good movie. I was going into this movie, watching it, thinking it was just going to be like an almost comical piece of shit. And it turned out to be a very good movie, just in an English accent. Like, That's interesting just, because, I, I mean, occasionally, if you have a good storyteller, you know, you don't need a budget. I mean, yeah. look, look how many high budget movies are unbelievably bad. You know, it reminds me of, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Oh, yeah. With uh, Alex Daddario. Oh, yeah. yeah. That movie is so bizarrely bad. Like, like it is confusingly bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it seems like the only goal they had in that movie was to never have one second of the shot not include Alex Dario's belly button. You see her belly button <laughs> every single frame of that movie. It is the, I mean, it, she is tarted up. They they literally like the amount of space between like the clothing covering her breasts and covering her waist is endless. Like yep. it's it's really funny how the whole movie was just like, this is the hottest woman on earth, and that's all that we're gonna that's all that matters. We're just gonna show her stomach. They did. That's button. the one when they they sort of turned uh, Leatherface face actually too. Like he was kind of the right. Wasn't that the one when the cops are the bad guys? Yes, and, and it yeah. was. And they team up. I kind of love that one because of that. But it's <laughs> well. The problem is though, it's it has the single worst plot twist I've ever seen in a movie. I think, which is where you find out she finds out that this murderer, this psychotic chainsaw murderer, who is trying to kill her and killing a bunch of people that she cares about, is her biological brother. And cousin. Is cousin. his cousin? Cousin. Oh, cousin. <laughs> it's well, her. she's got the, the famous line where she throws the, the chainsaw to him and says, do your thing, cuz. 
and people they, hate it. And I they love just <laughs> met and right. she takes his side. <laughs> well, it was against cops, so I'm I, I understand. It, it, yeah. But it's like, you know what? You can dislike them both. <laughs> Yeah, if you're gonna die, if you don't pick a side, I think though. So I, I would have picked Leatherface. Fucking well, it reminds me of a, it reminds me of a sort of point I've been making lately. How with the insurrection trials right now, every single person trying to panic defend the insurrection says the only thing that matters is that Nancy Pelosi didn't do enough to prevent this in advance because she was supposed to magically know exactly what was going to happen. And she should have called the army to protect the, <laughs> the, the Capitol building. And it's like, even if that was true, which is proven, it's not that it was Trump's people who told the police to not use riot gear. Uh, even if that was true, that would be like saying that when that cop didn't confront the Parkland shooter, that made the Parkland shooter innocent. Yeah. It's insane. It's like saying that because the Uvalde police were incompetent, we shouldn't be upset about the killer. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it absolutely is. Fucking crazy thing to say. And it and the worst thing about it is it's one of those things where it's like, if you're not like mentally ill, you know, you're full of shit when you say that. And it's of like, course. it's very it's fascinating to watch people retreat into a lie that laughable to protect <laughs> their precious emotions. Oh, absolutely. When they tell it's, something that's so like just catastrophically outlandish that they yeah. they have to suck into it and just be like, well, now I have to really yeah. I have to really sell this now. I have to really, really stick to it. Yeah, it's the most snowflake thing a person can do is yeah. to like is to need to lie to yourself to feel good. Absolutely. That's um, you know, it's kind of funny that too. When you talk about the lying to yourself thing, one of my favorite comics in the country, Jessica Curson. Oh, she I love had Jessica. Yeah, her, her fucking every time she talks about uh, talks about going on Weight Watchers and lying to the app. That's one of my favorite <laughs> things. Just like I ate an entire pizza and I logged a baby carrot. Like, yeah, lying no, to him, yeah. lying to a phone. That's really funny. Yeah, no, she's great. I love I love Jessica. Um, so one of the things that you just said on there is that you uh, uh you said that Evil Dead Two, yeah, was one of the first ones that you saw that was like this is different. Like, yeah, what was it about Evil yeah, Dead 2 like, that oh, really got you? Awesome. And I didn't see Evil Dead 1 for. Yeah. And then I saw Evil Dead 1 like way later, like like recently almost. And it's like it's such a funny thing to like see that eventually and be like and just see like the 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 sort of the bones behind where Sam yeah. would go. Because Evil Dead 1, you know, look, we talked about Revenge of the Nerds, which, you know, is like a which is like one of the most all time doesn't age well movies. Yeah. <laughs> Evil Dead One, the scene where she gets raped by a tree, that would not happen now. No, no, it would not. That would that not is, be a 2022 thing. Yeah, I remember watching that. Be like, wow, guys, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the remake, though? The Evil Dead remake? Actually, I didn't. Uh, OK, I, real so, good. Yeah, it's really good. It's a vastly different movie. Tonally, tonally, different very story. Yeah, just just the same place, basically. And Deadites, right? Same location in Deadites. And the story change is that um, she's there in that cabin with her friends that are trying to help her detox from heroin. 
So they're taking her there to go through the detox process so they can be with her to protect her and help her and blah, blah, blah. And then one of the dickhead guys goes down there, opens up the Necronomicon, you know, the rest of that fucking part. Fucking reads from it right. like a dickhead. Right. Can't fucking read the <laughs> devil book, dude. Don't read um, that shit. But loud. there is a part in it where she gets uh, where she's in the woods and the fucking vines wrap around her and lift her up in almost like a crucifixion pose. And then the vines go straight up inside her. Like she straight up gets raped by the vines and then she d- like goes full change. Wait, so they did do that again in the new evil dead? Yeah, they, they brought back the tree rape. <laughs> they, they did. They did. The forbidden oh, Groot. Oh, that's for what we God, call it. <laughs> for God's sake. The they brought back like three it? things, and that was one of them. That was one. Yeah. The, <laughs> the location, the tree rape and the deadites. Those were the three See, things they were like, listen, checklist. We got to bring those three things back. The thing about rape is that <laughs> honestly, I kind of agree with people who look at it as like it's a glass case that only gets broken by people when they aren't trying hard enough because I I guess I guess I mean, look, obviously, there are times when it is something to talk about. You know, there are movies that actually handle it in a very responsible way. But there's a thing where rape should not simply be a replacement for fridging, if you know what I mean, you know, fridging. Yeah, created by the Green Lantern comic book where uh, uh, what was it? Major disaster, major something uh, cut up his girlfriend and put her in the fridge. And then like lots of movies after that would use that same concept of you kill a woman, leave her body for the hero to give him something to fight for. And like there's ways of creatively using that concept. Like, for example, in Ragnarok, the girlfriend was the hammer. So that was actually an interesting way of using that kind of concept. But the point is, it's like, I don't know if you read comics, but like when uh, when Sue Dibney was raped and murdered in Justice League, a lot of people it was a it was a well done comic. But a lot of people, and I kind of agree with this, were like, you know, every comic book story that ever happened, they could have gone that way. Right. But they, but they didn't because they knew it's like that makes things a little bit too real and too. And it's it, it just it's it's like a cheat almost. It's like in The Exorcist of, you know, fucking herself with a crucifix. It's like, OK, we get it's it. It's demon rape. Yeah, it's like I get it. You want it to be the most fucked up thing ever. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like it. it the problem is you're just doing it because you're like, well, I'm going to do this. But it's like, yeah, but everyone's going to do it then if you start making it a thing where it's like, do you want every superhero story to have a rape in it? Like this is these are fantasies like we don't have to remind people of this horrible thing that everyone has to worry about in real life. You know what I mean? It it feels like a cheat to me. And I I just feel like it's like you don't need to do that in a a fantasy story. That's Um, like that's one of the reasons that people shit on the killing joke. I mean, the killing joke itself was not great, but the specific aspect of the fact that the Joker was also essentially a fucking rapist at times. I don't know. Well, that that creates the question of whether or not that's what happened to the killing joke, which I don't know that I I feel like it's whatever Alan Moore intended it to be. And I can't speak to that. Right. When I read it, I did not think he raped Barbara. I, I honestly didn't. But I get that people like see that and they're like, oh, that's what's being implied. But it didn't register to me that way. So I don't know. No, but more. Get- it was it was more in the animated film. 
in the animated film. Well, the animated film was nothing compared to the comic. So. Right, right. And I'm talking about the animated film because when I said the reason I bring up the animated film on that compared to the comic is because when you look at the animated film, that specific aspect of it was something that got singled out pretty heavily when it came out because most people were like, oh, it's a shitty movie already. Yeah. But this part of it completely fucking unnecessary, you know? Yeah. And they pushed it heavier, a lot heavier in the animated film than they did in the actual comic. Right. In the like, like I said, in the comic, I didn't I didn't think the Joker raped her. I think the Joker was only concerned with with Gordon and right. he wasn't going to do any he, and, and he wasn't going to do anything that was specifically for hurting Gordon. So I didn't I didn't think that was it, but I get that like it could have been. And look, Alan Moore is the best comic writer of all time, and he has included that in his stories. But at the same time, I think it's also it's Alan Moore. For the right. most part, he usually handles sexual assault very well. He's, he handles it responsibly right. uh, with the seriousness that should go with it. And um, that's the thing with horror movies, too, is because that's a thing that comes up in a lot of horror films. And you can tell when it's handled well and when it's handled very not well. You know, like there's usually a pretty clear distinction on that when it comes to horror films, because sometimes it's used at ju as just shock factor. And of course, there's movies that are legendary that include those things like, you know, Last House on the Left, fucking I, I Spit, spit on, your on Your Grave, grave. like those type of things, which are exploitation films. They're kind of in their own in their own little universe. But then when you come to more mainstream horror films, like even films that are horror adjacent, like looking at Promising Young Woman, for example fucking fantastic movie yeah <clears throat> but the way that they use that subject matter is also extremely creative you know what i mean right it's it also a big part of the whole story right right and that's different and that's yeah. because they're treating it with the gravity it deserves right and it's the problem is when you're just using it as a means of inspiring terror or giving someone a reason to a motivation is right. it's lazy Right. And so that's also an interesting thing to bring up here, because when I've talked about rape revenge movies on the show before, there's to me, there's a distinct difference between a movie like I Spit on Your Grave, which is made specifically to pummel your senses with the with the act of rape, because it's like a fucking 40 minute rape scene. Like, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's a long, drawn out, horrific thing that they show. And yes, it is treated with the gravity that it should be treated. But it's also it's also done so long and so graphically that it's, it's a little too it's unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, I don't like that. Movie at all. No, no, it's unnecessary. And like when we we I've talked about this before, I don't think that movie should have ever existed. But there's another movie called Revenge. It's just straight up called Revenge. And it's a, it's a film that was directed by a female French director. Um, and it is a rape revenge movie, but the actual scene of the sexual assault is shown in a way where it shows you what is going to happen. And the only part of it that they even need to show is her face looking at two other people in her face, basically saying, help me. And then a door closes, you know what happens and then the next scene is her waking up from it. And then it goes from there and goes into the revenge aspect of it. But the way that it was filmed, the way that it was treated, the way that it was handled, all of it was handled perfectly because it got all the points across that it needed to. But it also was used 
as a vehicle for the movie to show like all right like you've pushed which this was person. just straight up revenge which i personally loved right <laughs> it but was also, so bloody and so good yeah and it was also showing like you've pushed this person to their breaking point by doing this horrific thing to them but they didn't have to show all of it to the audience. You got the point 100% without having to see all the fucking graphic detail that's unnecessary to show. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, look, it's like I said, it's not saying that you, no one can talk about it, but it's something that you have to. It has to be treated with with a lot of respect. And it can't just be because you needed to make this more hardcore. Right. Using it as an edge as an edgelord tactic is fucking gross. Right. Because the problem, because once again, the problem is it's like there have been thousands and thousands of stories before where you could have said where the where the person could be like, oh, well, if I knew I could just do that, you know, oh, I I was developing all this psychological shit. I just knew I could just have someone get assaulted if that and just get the same point across. It's like it's just lazy in some ways when it's done that way. Just I can just go ahead and throw a rape scene in there. It'll be fine. You know, yeah, I mean, and just to, to, to cap that, just like the idea that, like, if you look at old horror and old sci-fi, I mean, I like this embarrassing. I like to collect movie posters from old vintage movie posters of robots carrying women because <laughs> there are so many goddamn old sci-fi movies. There's the a poster lot. was a robot carrying an unconscious woman because people had fucking rape fantasies and they were exploiting them and it's gross and it's like it's 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 a macabre i like it because it's like the macabre silly thing but in real life it's like it's actually it's like it's just it just shows how stupid and just puerile people were in these audiences because i think like uh in the movie like tobor it literally the things is he's a robot with and then underlined every human emotion right and it's like are people going to this movie hoping to see a robot fuck a lady is that really what you're in this for it's like the movie with joaquin phoenix called her it's like mm, is uh, like is he gonna fuck that computer like what's going on like, now i didn't see that movie he does eventually stick his dick in part of the computer right I think he probably sure. I think he I didn't pre- see I, it either. But I don't think they I, show it, but I think they definitely imply <laughs> it like he definitely fucked that computer. That's he was he went that far. Yeah, um, I wanted to bring up something here because we were talking about comics, too. When I talked to you before, you said that this is something that I thought was very interesting because I kind of agree with you on it. And I also think it would definitely be a hot take that you think Marvel Zombies is the best comic book ever made. Uh it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's a great, great comic. Yeah, I think it's it made me one because Robert Kirkman is the most one of the most versatile writers I've ever seen, because when you look at like three of the major things he's done, like Walking Dead and Invincible and Marvel Zombies, they are three. You would never imagine those are the same writer, right? Even though two of those are about zombies, they could not be more different. <laughs> They could not be more tonally different. They could not be sure. different. It's it, I mean, it's 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 a comedy. It's a really, really funny book and the ash versus marvel zombies is also an amazingly well-written book uh evil uh, army of darkness versus marvel zombies with howard the duck and the dazzler and it is so goddamn good (laughs) it's such a great book and uh no marvel zombies is amazing i would give anything for a live action marvel zombies movie and i think it would be easily the highest but the highest grossing horror movie of all time i mean i was desperately hoping that multiverse of madness was going to have a marvel zombies scene 
it would be out, amazing. It, uh, unfortunately, you know, it was a different kind of zombie, but uh, that would I wanted so goddamn badly for Bruce Campbell to show up as Ash <laughs> in Marvel Zombies World with the chainsaw hand. I would have given anything for that. Even if I it was, was just a blink, just a quick, just real, like a kind of like they did with the Brad Pitt thing in Deadpool 2. Even if it was just fucking quick like that, it would have been great. No, I really should. had high hopes for uh, the New Mutants for being a good boy. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was a bad movie. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't good. And there, there are parts of it. Well, there's I like magic. Well, uh, I like and enjoy Taylor. Well, the I thing about I don't know, she's great. But the thing about that movie is that this is a horror movie. But the most unsettling thing in the movie was the love story. Uh, <laughs> There was something unbelievably creepy about the love story in that movie. And I, I figured it out. It's because it's about a girl who's orphaned and she em- wakes up in this new environment and meets her new family. She makes her first new friend. She has no one in the world. She makes a new friend. And by the end of that day, they're making out. In my opinion, you are kind of an abuser if you make a sexual move on someone in that much of a vulnerable position. Yeah, a little bit. It's why 50 it, first dates is fucking terrifying. Because, oh, yeah, it's like, this woman has a horror movie because it's like this girl has nowhere to go. This girl yeah. has nowhere to go. This is her family. And immediately you made the love conditional because you started making out with her. And it's like, yeah, that's this girl need doesn't need a girlfriend. She needs a family, right? Like, why are you like you're making you're you're taking advantage of her vulnerability and with 50 first dates. uh, The only thing about that is that, like, it's just funny because like at least with that case, there was no possibility of her having any quality of life, no matter what he did. (laughs) That's true. That's like completely the, accurate. That's the one <laughs> yeah. caveat of that. It's like, well, she's going to be really. A, that's still like the closest she's going to get to being happy. Right. She's <laughs> fucked no matter what. No matter what. Her life sucks. Yeah. Um, so real, as far as real, real, com- oh, real quick before yeah. we go on that, I wanted to mention something about the Marvel zombies thing. Did you see the what if episode? Yeah. OK, so here's the thing with that. There actually is now a thing in development that's going to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where they're actually having something in development um, with a animated Marvel Zombies series. Like, they're they're fully, like, trying to get that going now and have it be part of the Cinematic Universe. So there still is actually a possibility I hope of it's bringing not- the live-action version. Yeah, but the what-if version was not marvel zombies no no but what i'm saying is they're actually what's actually being worked on is a specific marvel zombies property well that's good that's good i'm just saying the what if marvel zombies episode i felt really messed up and kind of didn't do it correctly because they left them they made them real zombies with like vague instincts whereas like marvel zombies they're not zombies they're vampires right and like they're stylistically they're vampires they can talk they can plan that's what made it so much so much like funnier and interesting is that they're having conversations about eating people. It was hysterical. It yeah. was really, really well done. Um, 
but yeah that's why they so they did like the ant with the, the ant-man with the giant man thing where like he he uh he's cutting up pieces of black panther to feed to, to feed wanda in the comic he was just for himself he was just like look i'm not a monster right i right. just don't i just <laughs> don't want to be hungry right and, uh, so I'm, I'm only gonna take pieces like it was that's so sick like that's so creepy and scary um yeah. But yeah, so that that was my only thing. I I would I would want it to be much closer to the real Marvel zombies. I want to see zombie Wolverine eating Galactus. That's hilarious. <laughs> Going yeah, I, around the universe eating everyone is so funny. Yeah, I fully fucking agree. Uh, Graham, what were you going to say? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I was going to um, just ask what uh, what comedy horror horror comedies like recent ones, not like this year but like past 10 20 years have you I mean, been I, into i thought i mean i absolutely of course love Shaun of the dead uh yeah. i thought zombie land was a great movie uh Shaun both of, of them dead were good both yeah. zombie lands i mean i thought the first one was better Definitely. but it was it was a serviceable movie um it, the second one was a little creaky but it was fine right um yeah it uh you know i'm trying to think what's like a funny did you see Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I haven't. No, is that good? Oh, I think that's absolutely that hysterical. Yeah, it, yeah it's you would very, love... It's got a great mix of of like gore and just very funny. Yeah, no, I love that. Okay, that that I'll definitely see then. Um, because I I love Shaun of the Dead. I thought that was such a great movie. Yeah. Um, a really brilliant film. Um, absolutely. I, I like all their movies, but that's by far to me the best one. I'm trying to think like what's another like real horror comedy. That's like legitimately funny. I thought ready or ready or not was really good too. I just haven't seen that either. Damn it. Sorry. Yeah. So that's no, no, our weaving one. That one's fantastic. Uh, also hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. Hot, is great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hot fuzz. Good. Yeah. Like I, I like all of Edgar Wright movies. Uh, I thought were great. Um, yeah. Hot fuzz a little long, but not quite as good as Shaun of the Dead, but it also just it's without having zombies. It's a little harder just to do it with a small town, but not hot fuzz is great. Hot, hot fuzz is an awesome movie. Um, Hot yeah, Fuzz, no, Hot Fuzz actually has one of my favorite death scenes in, mm -hmm. um, in probably any horror comedy, and it's the fucking steeple falling straight down on the dude's head. Oh like, yeah, that's one of my favorite great. scenes. That is really no, that is a great. It's a great, great. Like he's a great director. I, I, I still wish I could have seen what his version of Ant Man would have been. Oh uh, yeah, because he's so funny. Um, but yeah, no, I, I actually really liked. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm blanking. I'm like, what are the other great horror comedies because what about I what we do in the shadows what about that one i thought it was okay i the enjoyed movie or the it series the movie okay i like the movie i couldn't get into the series i tried but it's also i don't consider that a horror comedy that's a horror parody sure because there's nothing yeah there's nothing scary about it it's never scary right fair yeah totally fair. i think i think that's a little bit of a different distinction like um, like I don't. I'm trying to think like what counts as like a horror comedy. Like, like it's like yeah, it, it's it's hard. Like, or like maybe like or like you know, like a movie I did like actually like Happy Death Day is kind of like a that's a kind of yeah. like a funny horror movie. Like that's a legitimately funny and scary movie. Yeah, it's more of a thriller. But I I thought that was good. Sure, I thought yeah. that I thought that was a well really well made movie. I thought she was great. Uh, that actress. Really, I really like the sequel too. I think they just went yeah. full on bonkers with it. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I thought those were great, actually. And um, Freaky was another good one. That was fun. With uh, Vince yeah, that, that actually wasn't bad. That was. It wasn't so, terrible. I didn't was, think it was as good as Happy Death Day. It wasn't. But, um, it was it still was, fun. It was good, dumb. It was like a silly movie that worked. Uh, I, I totally wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Uh, I mean, then there's movies like Leprechaun, which are like horror movies, but not funny on purpose. But right, very, right. Very, but they are funny, just right. not in the way that the creator originally wanted them to be. Right. Um, I, guess, I mean, Dead Alive is funny. Of course, For sure. Yeah, absolutely. no, that can't. That's a funny one. Army All of Peter Darkness. Jackson stuff has a yeah. pretty funny edge to it. You know, Gremlins is a, a oh. sort of a an asterisk there because the first one is an actual horror movie, really. And the right. second yeah. one is just a slapstick comedy with moments of horror, though, for sure. Yeah, with little monsters running around. I'd yeah. Give it the edge. But yeah, the first one is dark. When Phoebe Cates tells the story about her father dying in the, yeah. in the chimney, Jesus, every year I watch it on Christmas and every year I'm like, this just turns dark right no, away. It's a, it's a crazy break. movie. And it's and like as a filmmaker, uh, Gremlins 2 is one of the most fascinating movies ever, because if you rewatch it, one of the things that you'll be shocked by is how you remember you've seen Gremlins 2. It's what oh, yeah. I love it. It's a great movie. Now, yeah. when you think about Gremlins 2, that is a ridiculous, farcical comedy. It's a, it's all kinds of crazy crap. Here's what I bet you don't remember about that movie. It takes like 40 fucking minutes for the first silly moment. It the does. first <laughs> half of that movie is a straight movie. Yeah, and they're then, just explaining why they're all there. <laughs> within 15 minutes, that movie goes from a completely down the middle thriller setup to Hulk Hogan addressing us breaking the fourth wall. Like Not it is wrong. <laughs> insane how much the tone swings in that movie. We actually had Gabe Bartalos on the show. It, he did the, the vegetable get gremlin, which oh. is like one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you I mean, um? did you ever see the babysitter movies? Babysitter and babysitter Two, the both no. the Netflix movies. No. Those are both great. Yeah, and those are both um, those are both Samara Weaving also, the one that did Ready or Not. Um, those are both solid ones, but also Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods, I've never seen. And I've heard, I've been trying to see it. It's like hard <laughs> to find sometimes because I've heard so many great things about how great, I've heard so many times how great it is and I never got to see it. I'm literally, I've tried so many times to see that movie. Okay, so I think as a writer, especially because of, you know, because of what you do, I think you'll especially love that movie because it's almost two movies in one. Like, yeah, it's no, almost... I, I've heard all I know too much about it, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I'm dying to see it. I've literally tried multiple times and like and like it gets like taken off streaming service or something like right when I'm about to watch it. Right. That one's definitely one I would say. Um, also, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Army of Darkness is, you know, is yeah, definitely. Um, but also there's one that just came out called Black Friday. That's another Bruce Campbell one. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to see that. Actually, I have, I've been, I've I've actually saw about that. I'm, that that a movie I'm going to definitely want to watch. I love Bruce Campbell. Uh, Bubba see Bubba Hotep? Hotep? Not good. Not a good. <laughs> not a good movie. Well, Bubba Hotep was a comedy directed by a horror director who does not know how to direct comedy. That's what yeah. happened with that movie. That that tracks. Yeah. As great <laughs> as Bruce is, it was just bad directing. Because yeah, it, it, it was a happen. guy. Yeah, it's just like you can't have someone who doesn't know the genre they're doing. I mean, you know, I horror movies, I 
usually enjoy more if they're bad than good. Right. You know, like right. I'm sure you've seen like Troll 2 and sure. Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp and Chopping Mall and all those like amazing These are classics, hysterically <laughs> bad movies, like legitimately so entertaining how bad they are. Uh, so like the, but like Troll 2, you know, the story behind why Troll 2 was so insane because the director didn't speak English. <laughs> I think so I did hear that. It was the director was like, I forget where he was from, but like that he was, he had to write a script and then have someone else translate the script to English and then direct people in English using a translator. Which Amazing. is Amazing. That is funny. Really, it's a brilliant way to plan <laughs> a movie that's going to be watched for decades. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite horror comedies that is, I will not lie and say that it is not an absolute piece of shit, but it's such a fun horror comedy, um, is Santa's Slay. I never saw that. I see. I never watched a lot of these like low budget horror movies. So this one, this one specifically why it's funny is it's about a murderous Santa Claus, but it's a Viking Santa Claus and it's played by Bill Goldberg of all people. Okay, I've heard of this. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. fucking funny Jonas as shit. Jonas loves it. I it's, haven't watched it, I don't think, in 10 years or something, and I don't remember liking it. <laughs> it's funny because it's very tongue-in-cheek, does not take itself seriously in any way, shape, or form. And it is for sure a B-movie, but just the concept of a giant hulking Jewish wrestler playing a Viking Santa Claus um, is also yeah. very funny and it gets pointed out at a certain point in the movie they're like you don't look like you should be him and he was like what the fuck did you just say to me and then he's just like yeah, no big deal he just walks away yeah that's funny yeah because yeah, he is he's is, he is a Jew he is our he's our biggest <laughs> he's our best Jew he's, he's quite the <laughs> large one and best. Yeah. Um, Tusk is another one that's quite interesting on the horror comedy spectrum the Kevin Smith horror film um, isn't that funny that oh, is yeah, a that movie funny. <laughs> that I had no interest in seeing because, and I honestly, I hate torture. I'm not entertained by it. I'm not and at all. I just hate Fair. I just don't like it. I don't. And I don't like movies that try to make torture entertainment. So no Saw movies for you. I've never seen one, to be honest. Fair. Yeah, you, you would hate the shit out of them. Yeah, I do. I you, don't. If, yeah. If you hostel, if you know what you don't thing. like. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like hostel either. I didn't. I saw hostel. I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of a crappy movie to just in general. Like I, it's, I feel the same way about like sexual assault and like, and like torture. Like I just, I don't get it. I don't like get if you're going to use it, you got to use it right. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you can't use it right. But like, yeah, if it's just like torture porn, I, I just hate that. And like, like I would never want to like like and Tusk. My understanding of the movie was just like it's like yeah, it's just about someone being tortured until the point that the torturer wins, and that's the whole movie. <laughs> sort yeah. of, it sort of is that like that. Yeah, that's a way to boil it down to a pretty simplistic thing, and that is true. But the the thing that's interesting about Tusk is the whole reason that the movie got made is because. Yeah, that's kind of more fun than the actual movie. It literally is just on a podcast. Somebody told Kevin Smith that he couldn't make like pretty much the worst horror movie ever made. And he was like, the fuck I can't. And then he just made that movie. And they started like writing the script on the podcast on air or something. And then it became a legit. And then they made it. And I don't know that process to me always 
blows me away. Justin Long <laughs> was like, I'm fucking totally into that. Let's do it. And like the visual effects in it are actually cool. Like it's got a cool makeup thing going on. All the practical effects are cool. And the old dude that plays the one that makes him and turns him into the walrus. Um, he's an incredible actor. He's dead now, unfortunately. But he fucking was also the he was the talking about Westboro Baptist Church. He was the one that played essentially the Fred Phelps character in Kevin Smith's movie Red State. Red State, yeah. That makes sense. Which for all intents and purposes was about Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. You know. Um, but he played that part and he played that part hauntingly well. Like it was so good. Um, but before I forget, there's two horror comedies that I do want to tell you to watch because I'm pretty sure you haven't seen them. And they're both phenomenal. Is uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. I've heard of that. I heard that was good. It's fucking great. I do want to see that. I've been wanting to see that, actually. And Cooties. Cooties. I don't know that one. Cooties. Elijah is very, Wood. It's got Elijah Wood, Rain Wilson. Um, yeah. And it's very similar. It's kids turning into fucking infected zombie things and them going, oh, shit, we have to kill all these zombie children now. But it's all done in like a school. So it's it's fucking hilarious. Oh, speaking of of not that it was a good movie, but the faculty. I like that. I like oh, the faculty. I love the I fucking faculty. Love the faculty. So that's a that's just a, that's such a fun. Drugs. That's just a fun. Well, here's the thing. I like a lot of horror movies where they're not really horror movies. They're action movies. Like yeah. right. when you have a, when you have a competent protagonist, it's really becomes more of an action movie because like yep. zombie movies are about a fantasy. They're about an action fantasy. They're about putting yourself in the mind of the survivors fighting these people, fighting the zombies. Right, and like that's sure. what really the fun is for a zombie movie because it accesses a part of your mind, a survival instinct that makes you start working. You know, that's why you know someone just being tortured is really boring to me. But the idea of like an a fairly the idea of like an even fight between a monster and a person is a very interesting idea to me. That's yeah, I think you would really love Ready or Not. Yeah, yeah no, you I would. That, that I probably will then. I mean, that's why I like the Bruce Campbell, you know, Sam Raimi movies are so great because it's like you get behind this hero who's like he's ready for them. And yeah. there's something <laughs> that's what you love to see because it's like, you know, I watch a lot of zombie movies and it's like you're usually they usually cheat by giving the zombies too much of an advantage because it's like to me, you know, 28 weeks later is a better example of a zombie movie because in real life, the government would not be overrun by zombies, right? Like they're morons for sure. <laughs> they can't use tools. They can't plan. Like if we were able to get overrun by zombies, human beings would have never beaten the chimps. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Chimps that's are stronger true. than zombies. They're smarter yeah, than zombies. Too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, but you know how we you know how we defeated chimps the same way you could defeat zombies in a movie that was being honest with with a kind of technology known as the door. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought you were going to say shoot him in the head. No, you can definitely I, do that. <laughs> like with I am legend, you're just like, has this guy never heard of something called sheet metal? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a god. <laughs> Are you a fan of the of the old school zombie movies? Like, are you an OG fan or are you a fan of the newer ones? I don't. I mean, uh, or both. Did, well, like, I mean, night. I I saw Night and Return of the Living Dead. I thought they were okay. 
I thought they were enjoyable movies. They're not movies I'm like a big fan of. Sure. Uh, I'm much more of a fan of like 28 Days Later uh, and not many zombie movies, to be honest. Only a few. Only the really good ones, I think, are, are good. Uh, like a lot of Walking Dead was great. Yeah. 20, 28. Both movies I thought were great. Um, but then like, you know, then you get things like what was it like Black Summer, which is just like, ugh, like whatever, you know, like there's just a lot of you know, like ripoffs and obvious ones. And I, I didn't really like the Romero reboots at all. I did thought those you, were so did hokey. you like you didn't you didn't even like the uh, the uh, Dawn of the Dead remake? No, not really. It just yeah, I like, I, I'm sacrilegious. I like that one better than the original because I think it's a more fun movie. I can't and, even. Uh, well, is that wait, wait, Dawn of the Dead. Who was in that? The remake. OK, then I did see that. Yeah, Sarah I thought, I thought it was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it wasn't it wasn't uh, quite the tone I wanted. That was the like ones was, that were like the roided out sprinting zombies. They were the ones that would like sprint at you and tackle you in your fucking lawn. Like yeah. they were super zombies. Yeah. Which is like, well, yeah, which of course, like another movie I liked somewhat, which was uh, World War Z. I think like a lot of people, I, lo- I love the first hour. Sure. They right. do a great job of building <laughs> that world. They just don't end it right. 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 It, it quickly becomes an and then like after that first hour, it's like, oh, OK, you just didn't know what to do after that. Well, yeah, I mean, they li- well, the whole end of that movie was literally a reshoot. Right. Because they were like, oh, man, we can't just end this with nothing. Uh, we have to we have to save the day. But I, I, I will say this about I Am Legend. Now, that's a movie I hate. It's a fucking terrible movie. Hate that movie. So good. Yeah. That- now, the only time, the only thing in I Am Legend that I had any feeling whatsoever in that whole movie was when he had to kill his dog. Then it was just like, well, now I'm fucking bummed out. Like I wasn't feeling anything and now I'm sad. Yeah. Killing like, a dog is goes along with my sexual assault rule. It's just a cheat. Don't kill the animal. Don't kill the fucking and like even pet cemetery. Like if the animals come back, that's fine if they're already dead. But don't show them killing the animal on screen. Like we know the animal's fucking dead. All right. It's called Pet Cemetery. You don't need to show it to me. Yeah. My yeah. favorite thing about I Am Legend is the creatures are voiced by Mike Patton of Faith No More. That, oh, yeah. That's the only fun part of that movie. Really. That's so funny. That fact. <laughs> that does that actually does make the movie infinitely more enjoyable just for that factoid alone. Or at least just knowing that, yeah. It's not, I don't think it's going to help the movie, really. It's still no, the, the movie's still movie. terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the movie's definitely still terrible. Um, did you get to see Studio 666? No. That one's a fucking good movie. And Graham, you haven't seen that yet either, have you? I haven't seen it either. No, man, I thought it was going to be actually just like phoned-in horseshit, to be honest, just because, you know, I, I don't know how good the Foo Fighters could act and all that stuff, you know? Um, but it was actually really fun. It was It's a horror comedy for sure. A lot of practical effects. Uh, the script is really good. The jokes in it are super tight. Um, it was a shockingly good movie, and it also has a handful of comedians in it too. Like that, that I was cool. Yeah, it, I know I would like it, but I, I just I uh, what's his? I, I'm not a Carrie King fan. His involvement immediately turns me off. <laughs> I actually wrote a horror comedy that didn't get that nothing happened with. Um, I probably can't tell you what it was but i'll just say it was a very very famous horror series that i was sort of convinced not tricked i would say but but it convinced to write a spec comedy version of that uh uh, nothing happened with that i'm still very upset about because i feel like i was sort of misled about bamboozled yeah a little bit 
but I was very happy with it. And uh, it, but the but the, the funny thing is that my because of my instincts, the first version I wrote, people were like, this is good, but this is an action movie. Like, I didn't write scares. You know what I mean? A lot of horror movies are action movies, though. I hate that cop out. Yeah. And because it was just where my, that was my, where my instinct was going, because I'm like, you know, this is about, you know, a person fighting, you know, a group. And, you know, and, and you wanted to make an action movie. It was like, oh, right. You have to make like a bunch of like you have to make scenes that are meant to be scary, not like uh, overcoming odds with violence. Right. Well, do you uh, just a shot in the dark? Are you a wrestling fan? I was as a kid. The funny thing about wrestling for me is that I feel the same way about wrestling that I do about magic. I am extremely entertained by any information about people who do it. I am. I love documentaries about it. I love learning about it. I am bored to death watching it in practice. Okay, yeah, I cannot sit through a wrestling match, but I love documentaries about wrestlers. Yeah, totally no, fair. I hear that. Um, yeah, I just I I feel like that's why I love horror too. Is the and and you touched on it like where you have to have a strong protagonist to make it exciting, you know, to fight back. It's that good versus evil thing, and that's exactly what wrestling has always done for me, and it's what horror movies do for me. And they're usually dressed up in cool costumes, both of them. So, right. You know, I have to bring this up because I totally forgot one of my favorite horror comedies, and I feel like kind of an asshole for not bringing it up because I feel like it doesn't get enough love. Uh, and that's The Frighteners. I didn't know that was a comedy. I it's never fucking, saw The Frighteners. It's funny. It's a very funny. And it's okay. like, it's slightly nuanced on the comedy, but it's definitely a comedy. Like, it for sure is a comedy. But yeah. it's also just a very, very well done horror film for what it is, you know? Because yeah. like oh. the scares in it, there are scares like there for sure are scares, but the script is very comedy focused. I have a question for you, actually. I was recently told this movie is not a horror movie, and I want to know why. OK, seven. OK, it is it, to, to us, like <laughs> everybody on the show, me, Graham and Ryan, we would all consider it horror, at least horror adjacent. But definitely we all consider it a horror movie, though. But I think the reason that people say that it's not a horror film is because of the fact that it has such a heavy focus on the police procedural aspect of it. Even is though it be- the, cr- the crimes themselves and the actual visual I, aesthetic. I think it's honestly, it's one of those, those, those things where it's literally the studio saying this is a thriller. Is it because so that you, they can sell it better? Is it because you don't see the violence happen? You see the aftermath of the violence. Is that what it is? I don't even know if it's that. I think it's again. I think it's because when you come to a horror film, there's another horror, uh, another movie that's a Denzel Washington movie that I would consider a horror film, but it never gets marketed that way. And it's called Fallen. Fallen. Yeah. And Fallen is a movie that's totally a police procedural, but it also has to do with a fucking body jumping demon. Like, so it's a horror movie, but also everybody considers it like a psychological thriller or whatever the case. Seven. Seven, I think, is one of those ones that because there's such a heavy focus on the detective aspect of it and the the police procedural and like the, you know, those things. It just doesn't get the love as a horror film. I don't think a lot of those visuals in seven and the whole concept are absolutely horror and and it is heavy on the the, the procedural, the cop shit, but. 
honestly, I think it, it, they had huge stars. The studio put a lot of money. It's a big budget film. They weren't going to fuck around and be like, this is a horror movie. They're going to sell it to everybody as a yeah. drama, thriller, psychic, I mean, it, psychic. Like, I guess you yeah. also, you, you never, you never see the victims. So I guess maybe that's part of it too. Well, except Gwyneth Paltrow, but <laughs> you never see the victims in any kind of state of fear or yeah. danger or anything. It's all you after think, the fact. Do you think that maybe Fincher had a hand in whether it would be considered a horror movie or not? Probably. He probably was very aware of that because he didn't. He chose not to go the easy route of showing any violence. He just it's all aftermath. It's all implied. It's all. You know, re- yes, I, I guess in that way. Yeah, because, he, yeah, he, he definitely wasn't trying to do a horror movie in the sense of like what the markers of a horror movie are. But it is a movie about horror. Yeah, it's a horrifically <laughs> violent movie, though. Yeah. Like that, too. You like, ju- yeah, you just don't see that thing happen. Yeah, there's another movie. So that's kind of funny. Like another one to bring up is a Nicolas Cage movie called Eight Millimeter. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. That one is also very horror-ish. Like it just happens yeah. to that be the, the snuff film one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw yeah. that, and that one's super fucked up. But also, there's another movie that this was kind of an interesting uh, thing that you bring up with Seven because there's a movie that came out that got caught in like a web of how to market it, and it destroyed the movie. And it wasn't that it was a great movie to begin with, but it had New, no fucking New chance. Mutants. What's up? New Mutants. No, 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 yeah, dude. That yeah. one. The funny thing about New Mutants is, I always told my friends this after the movie came out, and everybody said it was dog shit. I said the reason it was so bad is because the studio couldn't dedicate it to either a comic book movie or a horror film. They tried to do both, and they both failed. They tried at first. It felt like they were trying to do both, and then they just gave up on both. Right. They, <laughs> like they like, didn't even it. commit to either way. So um, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, so. It was uh, it was the movie Untraceable. I don't know that. So the movie had, it had uh, it had Diane uh, Diane Lane. It had uh, Tom Hanks' son Colin was in it, and it was about a guy that was putting people in front of a webcam, and he was giving basically the viewers he was basically giving them the power to um, kill this person quickly or slowly or whatever. And he would taunt the police with it. So he would taunt it with like, you know, IP addresses that would ping all over the place and blah, 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 blah. But everything about the movie was like, you know, torture, death, like fucking like straight up horror movie shit, but they couldn't figure out whether they wanted to market it as a horror movie or whether they wanted to market it as like some sort of a police thriller. So it came out and then like in the first week, people were like, I don't know what fucking movie I'm going to see. So it just completely died in the theaters. But then when it came out on home media and people started to see it more, they were like, oh, this is actually a decent fucking movie. If they would have just called it a horror movie, this actually probably would have made money, mm. you know, and I think that tends to happen with psychological thrillers and horror films and like the bleed over in between when you get that middle of the road in between the two. Sometimes studios just really don't know what the fuck to do with it. Yeah, it's always scary. We're like, because that's happened with movies. We're like, you'll make a movie, and then the studio will be like, well, we just we figured out that uh, it's going to work better as a comedy. So we hired some stand-ups to try to write some stuff that <laughs> someone can say off camera because we can't film anything else. But uh, we realized that if we added eight farts to the to the soundtrack, <laughs> I was just going to say farts. Movie. You got to fucking drop some farts in there, and it'll be okay. 
I think Promising Young Woman was a perfect example of a movie that got kind of people didn't really know whether it was a horror film or not. And I think it is. I think it's absolutely a horror film. I just think it's a psychological horror film. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, should we get into the Sinister Six? I think we're down for some Sinister Six time. You ready for that, Dave? Yes. All right. All right. First question. Craven, Dr. Octopus. Oh, sorry. I like that. (laughs) I like that he was Um, actually going through them. (laughs) um, I'm excited for that Craven movie, by the way. Um, I can't remember who's playing. If it ever actually gets fucking made, that'll be great. It's being made by Sony, right? Yeah, somebody just cast was just cast for it and i remember being excited about it but i don't remember who it was. if so, it's sony i'm not excited about it anymore that just made well, me sad. <laughs> that's the whole point sony only owns spider-man characters uh, so they just keep making movies about these these ancillary spider-man characters that no one even knows about without spider-man i mean so there's morbius venom for some reason the vulture is in that world now. I guess they, they bought the vulture or something and now it's going to be Craven. And it's like, Jesus Christ, guys, just, just give up. Just stop did both, doing this. Did both of you <laughs> see Morbius yet? Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. I'd and, like to though. Okay. It's, it's, Someday. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's a Sony fucking comic book movie, but the whole thing, this is the first time I think in, the Sony universe of the villain movies where they've actually mentioned Spider-Man by name. Yeah. It, well, they're and, also, yeah, sorry. I just, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't well, they're know. Also, they're making another Sony movie. I forgot. I, I, I got to look up the name of the character because they're making another Sony movie about another Spider-Man villain who is not a Spider-Man villain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a character that like I've never heard of. And let me just say without I don't mean to brag, but I've heard of every fucking Spider-Man. Villain. <laughs> <laughs> like this, I literally I even looked up the name and it didn't. The guy didn't even have his own Wikipedia entry or Marvelpedia entry. And it's like, what is happening? Like, did you just make up this fucking dude? Like what happened? So, OK, real quick before we do the Sinister Six question yeah. on this, an opinion question for both of you guys, since I know you've right. you know, you've both seen this. I love so, answering questions. With Venom 2, or not Venom 2, with a fucking, uh, with the most recent Spider-Man movie and the stinger scene at the end of it with Tom Hardy, do you think that that was an indication that they're going to be, be bringing Venom into the Spider-Verse? Or do you think it was a way for them to creatively, creatively be like, nope, fuck you, we're killing off Venom in this universe? No, no, no. It was 100% supposed to be that now there's going to be a Venom in the Marvel Spider-Man universe. It's just not going to be Tom Hardy. No, I think, think it, it, I think they figured out some shit and they're going to spread and they're all working together. They don't care. They're, they're all losing money if they don't. Well, well like, I'm, like, I'm okay with it. If it's a Tom Hardy Venom that gets brought into the actual Spider-Man universe, I'm okay with that because I like Tom Hardy and I think they would actually do Venom proper as long as Sony has no fucking hand in it. Sony just doesn't know how to make these movies. Uh, and they're, they've they've yet to really pull it off. So it's really unfortunate that they keep that they still keep trying. Uh, but I mean, no, it, it, it seems to me that I really, really doubt they're going to do a Spider-Man Tom Holland movie with the Venom storyline because that was the worst Spider-Man movie previously. It'd right. be very hard to get a studio to get behind that. And because people don't want to see the same story again, unless it was just done as a smaller part of a story that worked. I feel like it's more likely we're going to see 
a Venom, a new version of Venom that's some kind of that they're going to rethink because it's like Venom was always such a a thin character. Right. That you really need to. I, I, there's nothing wrong with reimagining it because we've already done two. We've already seen Venom a few times. You know, we don't. I think I, and also and also the problem is Tom Hardy's not a not a villain and Tom and Tom Holland doesn't need another ally. They need villains. Right. Tom Hardy also, I think, after both Venom movies, could not give a fuck less about playing Venom anymore. Like, I've ne- I love Tom Hardy, and I've never seen him sleepwalk through a part more than he did in both of those movies. You could tell that he just did not give a shit anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Which I'm, you know, it's fine. But also, how do you fuck up having Woody Harrelson play fucking Carnage? How do you like they had to try to fuck that up in my opinion well he i mean he's good in everything he was he played the part great but there's only so much he can do you know actors cannot save movies every actor thinks they can every act every actor thinks they can make a bad movie good and they're fucking wrong yeah that's that's absolutely true i don't want to sound too much like uh like a writer here (laughs) (laughs) But all but actors <laughs> are but all actors are meat puppets who should do what they're told. <laughs> Listen, they are slaves it. to a script. They straight up yeah. are. So I get it. All right. Um, Sinister Six. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Freddy or Jason? Freddy. All right. I definitely could have seen that one coming. Yeah. Uh, what's the difference between thriller and horror? Uh. Showing the actual murder. I think we I think we kind of established that a few minutes ago. Right. It's yeah, showing yeah. the violence itself or implying the violence. All right. I like yeah. it. We've had some uh, we've had some pretty interesting answers to that one. We had a director, Brian Usna, who's the one that did like did, he's society. Famous, yeah, he's famous for body horror, and he straight up just said bodily functions. Bodily fluids. <laughs> bodily <laughs> fluids, bodily fluids. That's what it was. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what horror movie influenced your taste the most? Evil Dead 2, no question. Love yeah. If you could erase one movie from existence, what would it be? It doesn't have to be horror. Any movie. If I could erase any movie from existence, what would it be? It actually, it is horror. It's I Am Legend. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's All also, right. it's, it's tied, though, with uh, iRobot, Wild, <laughs> Wild Wild West, it's Will Smith. Just yeah, fucking Will Smith oh, is just oh, getting Gemini oh, Man. We're gonna those, throw that in there too. Are those all Will Smith movies? <laughs> they are. I think so. You know, no, I, I was actually gonna. No, I was actually gonna say yeah. Also, Gemini Man uh, <laughs> and Bagger Vance. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> the, the, Bagger Vance. Oh, good. I'm sorry. And uh, 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 Finch. What was the what, what was the one he did with? <laughs> yeah. With, uh, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. the one. Um. Are ghosts real? No. I also All knew right. that was going to be the answer for that one for sure. <laughs> if ghosts and... look, if ghosts were real, we would have exploited them a long time ago. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Um, and last one: Midsummer or Hereditary? Hate them both. Oh, get the fuck out of here! You hate them both. Bored out of my oh. mind. <laughs> uh, I thought Hereditary was maybe better. But okay, let me. Hereditary was a bad movie to me because 
the whole movie should have been everything that happened after the end. The whole movie builds up to a fairly we've seen it before omen type movie about the son, about a devil possessed child. And then it ends with these group of middle aged people be like, and we're going to make you president. I want to see I want to see that movie. Yeah. I want to see where these fucking nobodies manage to make this creepy weirdo win a debate. I want to see this son of Satan manage to have a debate about policy and manage to go shake a bunch of hands at a town hall. You make this creepy idiot somehow that likable who I want to see the devil all shucks himself to a to an election. That's interesting to me. <laughs> Midsummer, Midsummer was interesting, but I was not on board with it, to be honest, because it's like, I, I, honestly, just because I don't get anything out of theater of the unsettling. Sure, I uh, could see that. And uh, and also there's also there, there's certain things like this isn't like a this isn't so much of a criticism of a film as just talking about the logic behind it, which is that like, OK, the scene in Midsummer. When they watch the guy jump off the the two people jump off the cliff and die. Right now, they're disturbed by it. They're horrified by it. But what they aren't is realistic about it, which is their friend brought them there without telling them that that was going to happen, knowing that one of them just had lost her whole family. They act like he just ate the last slice of fucking pizza. And that they're just like, oh, you're not a good friend. No, you it's like at that moment, real people would be like, fuck you. <laughs> we are fucking leaving. No. And they're like, well, you know, we I can only drive one of you at a time. Oh, how about we beat the shit out of you and take your fucking truck then? <laughs> fuck all of you people. If you any real person in that situation would have punched their the guy they know in the face and and be like, then we will fucking walk across Norway. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. I am not going to hang out in your. I will live in the fucking woods before you stay where they beat the fucking guy with a with a hammer. And you didn't tell us that was happening. These are college students in 2020, for Christ's sake. They know the world is weird. <laughs> Okay, oh, that was our most heated answer for that any was, question. That was easily, <laughs> easily the hottest take of all hot takes on that question. Absolutely passionate too. I love it. And, and also, also, I'm sorry. These very, are fucking. These are Amish people. You know, normal people who go to the gym would beat the living shit out of these hayseeds and get the fuck out of there. They should. You're not I, wrong. I'm not trying to sound conceited here, but if I was in that midsummer town, I would have left a bloody mess alive. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, to be fair, the two people that did say, fuck you, this is crazy. We're getting the fuck out of here. To be fair, those two people did immediately get murdered. So yeah, like they, they were the ones that were like, fuck you, we're leaving. And then next scene, it's like, oh, our two friends are dead. By the way, that was the only black character in the whole movie. And they were like, we're going to fucking ice him like quick. Yeah. But also they also didn't leave. They should. The, the, the question there was either. First of all, we're not going one on one with you. We're all going together. What do you do? Your legs not fucking work. You know, you're, you're a human being, right? You were your body is designed for long distance walking. 
Just okay. fucking, just fucking go. Now that you bring this up, now that you bring this up, that makes the boyfriend so much more of a like, just so much more of a pussy because he's just no. Listen, listen, it's fine. This is their culture. That's all right. We don't need to freak out when she's freaking out. He's like, all right, just go ahead and calm down. No big deal. Uh, listen, they just fucking Gallaghered that guy's head. It's no problem. Uh, all right, we're gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, I didn't really get what, why that guy was the villain. I don't understand why we're supposed to want him to die. What did he do that was so wrong? Not dump his girlfriend that he hated to be nice. I think also that's also kind of an interesting thing. I think the reason that he was, quote unquote, the villain is not necessarily even that he was the villain. I think he was just the vehicle that led her to the conclusion at the end of the movie because she like everything that she did to him as far as like stuffing him in the bear suit and setting him on fire and killing him and all that stuff that was all done under the you know whatever you want to call it under the influence of everybody in that fucking commune basically brainwashing her and drugging her and telling her you need to do this now so that you can recover and be the may queen i i kind of disagree the whole story is basically her trying to find acceptance somewhere since she's lost her family kind of the boyfriend and stuff is sort of on the side it's it's whether or not she's willing to look past all those things to get that acceptance all all the shitty shit that the cult uh, did well Um, yeah but it just seemed i kind of disagree i thought a little i just thought she was a bitch (laughs) (laughs) fucking real asshole (laughs) i just thought she's a piece of shit person who's just like (laughs) You know, who's just like just mad at a boyfriend for for, you know, you because know, once again, it's like this is a traumatic situation. Let him fuck this random hayseed lady. Do not bother with like like we have bigger fish to fry. All your friends are fucking dead. <laughs> also, to be fair, could she like not understand that when she walked into that whole situation and saw all of the naked old people surrounding him and pushing his ass into this fucking woman to understand, and realize that maybe this is not a regular sexual situation that happens to be going on, that there's other weird shit that's happening at the same time. It's not like she walked in and saw him just fucking plowing her over a fucking bale of hay. Like it was an entire, it was an entire ceremony. Yeah. Priorities. Your friends (laughs) are dead. You, and it's kind of your fault. Like who? uh, Yeah. I, I, I just though I just found the whole movie incredulous and it's just like, I need to put myself in the position of these people and I need to believe this could happen. And I would just have, I would have, I would have picked up that fucking hammer. <laughs> and started swinging. Oh, it was a pretty God. old person that actually cracked that head open. So yeah, that's you a, probably could have taken them out. That's what I'm saying. I didn't see a lot of those locals who looked like they could fuck up this group of college students. Right. There was, they like, should. there was one dude and he was the dude that was really pissed off that that kid pissed on the tree. Yeah. That was I the only guy. And he was gone. He wasn't even there. He was off being angry about the tree piss. He was yeah, not even in the whole situation. <laughs> that's right. You kill him first. He's the, he's the strongest works. one. You got to take him out. I'm not even kidding. I would love him. I would literally love a movie of a different group of people being brought to that. And it's the opposite horror movie. And it's just <laughs> I would I would love a movie where it's yeah, where it's like uh, I'm trying to think like what's like like, yeah, we're even though I don't like this movie. It's the characters from Boondock Saints. They're the ones who go <laughs> to this midsummer place. And they're uh-huh. and, they, and then they're just the first and after that. They're like, all right, how are we going to kill these people? 
<laughs> Actually, no. I take it back. It should be Ben Affleck from the town. It should be Affleck and Casey. Jeremy Renner. Say, uh, uh, Jeremy uh, Renner. Jeremy Renner from the town. They should. I, I want to see them <laughs> planning to kill everyone that night, and just you know, just with their Boston accents, be like, "Oh yeah, we can all go one at a time, huh?" Yeah. That, where you that- where you parking that thing later? <laughs> That movie is legendary for one reason. Ben Affleck, who is from fucking Boston and knows how to do a Boston accent, obviously from how he grew up, just decided halfway through that movie to no longer have a Boston accent. He was just like, I'm just going to talk like regular Ben Affleck now. And it's so fucking noticeable when you rewatch the movie. There is a very clear point where he's just like, I'm just not doing the accent anymore. And you're going to have to fucking deal with that. Yeah. Well, he he was growing as an artist. He wanted to be classier. (laughs) <laughs> right in the middle of the shooting. Right in it. Yeah, he's like a, a fucking listen. <laughs> well, that um, was I that was one of my favorite uh rounds of Sinister Six, to be honest. That yeah, last that question great. especially fucking knocked oh, it yeah. out. Of well, I'm glad I'm glad it came up. It did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm too. glad it did too. <laughs> Midsummer is like my favorite movie. Right. I love um, that answer. That's okay. Anyway. Oh, look, look, yeah, no, enjoy- I don't give a shit. You <laughs> enjoy the theater of, of uh, unpleasantness. You enjoy exactly. the- it's a, that's okay you know that's yeah. okay. i just i get nothing out of it i i really fair. don't absolutely totally yeah. fair sometimes i'm happy that i've been made uncomfortable by a movie like that actually is yeah. totally a thing that i enjoy sometimes and that is not a thing for a lot of people and i completely understand that yeah, yeah. It, it's like i said I, i'm sure it was a good you know well-made and disturbing movie certainly i just was i just i can't help but always just go back to that scene where it's like, what would you say to someone you were in college with? And they just exposed you to that. And your <laughs> girlfriend, knowing your girlfriend recently lost her whole family. You would do more than just yell at him for 30 seconds. For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, on the bright side, Dave, uh, Ari Aster's new movie is a dark comedy, and it's going to be three and a half hours long. So we have that <laughs> to look forward to. <laughs> Well, let's see how funny it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, it's called Disappointment Boulevard, so it's either going to be hilarious or it's going to be exactly what its title says. I look forward One to yelling at, Yeah, I look forward to yelling about it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. we want to do some recommendations. Yeah, let's do yeah. It. Let me let me do uh, real quick. Let me yep. let me uh, shout out the Army of the Goddamned. Fuck yeah. Um, because then it'll kind of lead into my recommendations. Um. We got our our Patreon subscribers, the Army of the Goddamn. We love them so much. Uh, we have Alan Graham, Drew Muldowney, Ron Knobloch, Kristen Pearl, Ashley Ketchum, and Chris Fortune. And we also have Jake Jolly, friend of the show, two-time guest. Um, and one of my recommendations is Clay Zombies is now available on Prime. Oh, fuck. Or buy, which is fucking awesome. That's great. So, yeah. Please play, zombies is, play zombies is fu- fun as fuck. So fun. We love that movie. We love Jake. Uh, go check that out. Um, my other recommendations. Uh, just recently, I was on ENT Phone Home, the podcast with my friends Elio and Tavon. Uh, episode 39. Uh, I was on there talking about the 1994 Ray Liotta classic, No Escape. Um, which it's actually a good fucking movie. It's a great movie, and yeah. Ray Liotta is gorgeous in it. And uh, it's we talked about it because it takes place in 2022. So they're doing like a whole series of of movies that took that like were made 
20, 30 years ago that say they took place in 2022. Apparently, there's a bunch of them. Uh, but that one, No Escape, fucking dope movie. Nice. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, my other one is, uh, last one, uh, also a friend of the show, Josh. He's been on the get a guest uh, from Heavy Lag, Element of Degenerates. Uh, just dropped uh, his uh, new project, uh, Up for Nothing, which is just amazing pop punk. Um, full length. Uh, it, it's fucking great. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, they have a record release coming up at Lucky 13 on July 15th. They're playing with Playing Dead, Horrible Timing, and fucking Night Surf. So go oh. listen to Up, uh, uh, eh. Up for Nothing and Night Surf. Go listen to Fuck that. yeah. Um, awesome. I got two recommendations. I got two song, uh, two musical recommendations in one movie. Uh, two music ones. First one, I am re-recommending the new Post Malone album, 12 Carat Headache, Toothache, because I re-listened to it all the way through, and it's a much better album than I initially thought, even though I liked it when I initially listened to it. Um, he really goes into a lot of fucking deep stuff on the album, and I think he also just, you can tell that he's exercising a lot of demons in the album. He's talking about like his alcohol addiction. He's talking about a lot of mental illness stuff and everything like it's actually a really really good fucking album and it's also a lot it's a lot more um for lack of a better term musical than his other ones like it's a lot of like acoustic guitars it's a lot of like he's really tapping into him as a musician which i think a lot of people that are fans of post malone know that he's a good musician but he really is tapping into it in this album um also occam's laser their newest album called phantasm which is like a dark um heavy uh dark synth very very horror adjacent um stuff going on there occam's laser is fucking dope if you like perturbator uh if you like carpenter brute any of that stuff uh you're gonna love occam's laser and then movies on shutter just dropped a movie called the clove hitch killer which uh i think a lot of people um haven't seen um when it first came out it was kind of one of those I slept movies. on it because it's got a terrible name terrible name but the reason that the name is there is because of the clove hitch knot so that's actually why it's on there the movie is literally about btk that's straight up is what the movie's about and it's a very well done version of that story and of that you know of btk's uh story so i would definitely recommend that one um really a slept on movie um and uh, i think it just dropped yesterday on shutter uh so definitely go check that one out Dave, take us out. What recommendations you got for us? Okay, music. I'm going to recommend something called The Signs of Hell's Winter by the Holocaust, a.k.a. Robot Tank, a.k.a. Holocaust, uh, a.k.a. War Cloud. Uh, he is a former Wu-affiliated rapper. He is one of the most talented, mentally ill musicians I have ever heard. I was extremely proud of myself when I guessed that he was schizophrenic and later was able to confirm that. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Just you could tell through his music. It's Holocaust, a.k.a. Robot Tank, a.k.a. War Cloud, a.k.a. Skeleton Load, a.k.a. Uh, 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 Alcatraz. That's a great album. Um, TV. There's a lot of great TV out there. Some stuff you probably know about. AP Bio on Peacock. Uh, yes. was a show that was amazing on NBC, but got a lot better on Peacock because they no longer had to take uh, studio notes. So Beautiful. the second, so the two seasons that are the third and fourth season of AP bio, not a lot of people know about it because it's only on Peacock, uh, which is where my show is going to be soon. And uh, amazing. 
they did an uh, unbelievable job of that show. Uh, Doom Patrol, both the book and the TV show. Amazing. Fuck yeah. Yes. Really, really well done. Um, I'm going to say, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Okay, here's a book from years ago. The two best written books, I have, the best written comedy books I've ever read in my life are Al Franken's Why Not Me? The Making and Unmaking of the Franken Presidency from 99. Not a lot of people have read this. It is the best political satire I've ever read. And Wigfield, a book by Amy Sedaris, Stephen Colbert, and Paul Dinello is an unimaginably well-written comedy. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it, if you can get it, the, both of those are great books, but the uh, book on tape is especially amazing because both of them, they really do it like a play. They do it like a full production, like you're, like you're listening to a cool. movie. Um, so yeah, I think those would be my, my big ones right now. Um, also, uh, I don't know if you know this on Peacock, they have all the, they have the first four seasons of the office with like 40% more material. So no matter how many times you've oh, seen shit. the office, it's amazing. It's so many jokes you've never heard before. Like I can't even recommend that enough. Um, and, uh, a great podcast that I do all the time. Uh, my friends do is my favorite podcast in the world it's called. This is not a show with Tom Goss and Keith Carey. Oh yeah, dude. I fucking love Tom and Keith. Yeah. I was our- actually. I actually did their Mean Boys show. I think it was like the one of the last two episodes before they had before they changed mm-hmm. direction on that. Well, no, they they broke up for a while and then started doing this is not a show because of the of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. No, I fucking love them. That's great. Yeah, I have one question before we go. Uh, yeah. Do you like the boys? I love the boys. I love the boys. I read the com- I didn't read the, all the comics, but I read some of the comics. I thought they were great. I'm a big Garth Same with fan. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the boys. I, I love that it's back. I think it's a fucking awesome show. Yeah, it's fantastic. And those are fucking yeah, I great. think it's the best. It's my favorite superhero. Anything. Oh, it's ever happened. If you like the boys, you should check out. You probably you guys probably maybe the audience don't happy. Oh, oh dude. yeah. Happy was oh, fucking yeah. amazing. Yep. Now, was Happy Warren Ellis or Grant Morrison? Because I know one of them was canceled. So I'm going to, but since I don't know which one it is, I can still recommend it. But it stars, <laughs> it stars Christopher Maloney and Patton Oswald. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's really, it's really great. And also, you mentioned before, uh, terrible title, great show, Girls Five Eva. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I fuck. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, those are also <laughs> great. That's you know, it's kind of funny. This is uh, I do want to bring this up only because uh, there was there's a movie coming out starring Pete uh, that when I saw the title of it, I was like, there's nothing about that movie that sounds like it is what the trailer is. And I cannot fucking wait for it to come out. And that's bodies, bodies, bodies. Actually, that, that's not the title. Uh, if you're going to look, I work with Pete. <laughs> I just ask you to show a little respect. If you're going to say the name of the movie, please say the entire name of the movie. It's bodies, 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 bodies. Okay. Okay. Some of these Listen, marketing, sorry. these marketing assholes want to want to want to get everything streamlined, but that's the name of the movie. All right. Um, you heard it here I, first. I saw it though. It's great. Yeah. It's it really, looks, it it's really, really looks fun. Awesome. It's really, it's not a comedy, but it's really funny in moments and uh, is just, it's got, it's got people, but it's also got a lot of people I really love, like Rachel Sennett and Chase Sweet Wonders. Uh, it's I, I definitely recommend that movie. It's 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 a really fun 
it's a really fun uh i guess thriller psycholo i i i i guess thriller is the word yeah, yeah it looks it looks horror thriller ish and it looks like it's just clever. based yeah based off the trailer it looks like it definitely looks like it's very cleverly written which is something that i think is you know sorely needed in horror movies um thrillers horrors whatever you want to call them. yeah it's, but it's yeah, a really it good dialogue awesome. and uh and i can say this because i'm friends with them uh it uh, how do i say this without ruining my career um <laughs> It really harkens back to the days when horror movies were a great way to see um, uh, boobs. Not that oh, there's well, any, yeah. not nude boobs, but just it's. Uh, I, I I just want to say that it it there it is a very uh, sexy movie. Like it's yeah. not not a lot of sex. I'm not saying there's even nudity, but it's like it's like it's some. There's a very very beautiful women in this movie. Horror is horror is very good about that. Like in general, like if you really dive into horror movies, horror horror likes showcasing uh, the female form. I will say that even if it's not full nudity, they like showing off hot bodies. It's just that's a thing that horror likes to do. So we're all for that. Fucking yeah, no, there's some more about it. it. Movie literally has like some of the most beautiful women on earth basically thrown together. So yeah, it's it's but it's it's a good movie. I think you like it. Fuck yeah, sweet. Well, Dave, last thing here. Where can people find you? online uh dave cyrus and that's s-i-r-u-s like virus uh that'll find you know on instagram or twitter uh or you know you can look up uh, brickstone westboro videos on youtube stuff like that you can check out my roast battles you can uh you know check me out you can check out if you can find it uh the my fox show uh let's be real the puppet show we did uh, or, you know, just uh, see what else people are saying about me. I don't know. I, I try not to look. <laughs> oh, and I have oh, and I, and I had a Netflix uh, special come out yesterday. Yes. Uh, is, and it's called Pete Davidson and Friends, right? Yep. Or Pete. Pete David, P- it's Pete, Pete Davidson, and, the best friends show. Yeah, the best friends. Yeah. And honestly, like no bullshit. It's fucking great. Like from beginning to end, everybody on the show was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. The great comics. These guys. Yeah, it really was. And again, fucking Derek, man. I love you. Fucking bummer on that. But I'm, the opening I'm, to the show with the text messages, that was fucking great. Like I whoever wrote, I wrote that. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was so good. That was, it was me. so yeah. good. Yeah. Except the so, only thing I wanted it to be that after Derek says that he has uh, Corona, I wanted every single person's dot, dot, dot bubble to come up and then disappear. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love that it just like right as soon as he's, I won't even fucking ruin it because it is fun. It's it's a fun opening to it for sure. So thank you. Yeah, very well done on that. Um, and with that, we uh, we're going to be back next week. Hopefully we'll have all three. You know, I feel bad that Ryan wasn't here because there was a couple of times where Ryan really would have fucking jumped into this and really would have had fun with it. So like we're definitely going to have you come back, Dave, because I feel like there's a lot that we can talk about. So yeah, totally. Um, this was fucking fun. So thank you for coming on to the uh, show. Yeah, it was awesome yeah. meeting you, dude. Thanks so much. Yeah, great meeting you, Graham. All right, yeah. later, guys. Later, Dave. And for all of you other listeners out there, we're going to be back next week. Start some fires and break some Yeah, we might be glass. back soon. Oh, yeah.